1: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Steelers on Steel Curtain Network. I'm your host, Daniel J. And today we're talking about the upcoming match between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Houston Texans. Now, I am forecasting for this uh, game to be, as the title says, pain. The Houston Texans are off of, coming off of a lot of injuries. Yeah, they're coming off of wind as well. A lot of injuries up front in the line. I think this is going to be a game where we can expect a lot of Highsmith, a lot of T.J. Watt, a combination for... Some high wattage, uh, but before we get into it, I want to talk about you know the state of the Steelers, where they stand, and right now the Steelers are two and one in the division, or two and one on the year. I'm sorry, uh, they are one and zero in the division and are currently, when you you know talk about tiebreakers, are in first place. Now, is this game that's coming up against the Houston Texans you know, a must-win? I don't think so. The Steelers are two and one, uh, the Ravens and and so are Cleveland are also two and one. The Bengals they're one and two still. Uh, They got a matchup against the Titans at the same time as the Steelers game. And so does the Ravens and the Browns. They play each other. So we know that at least one of those teams coming out of this weekend is going to be three and one. Now, if it ends up being, you know, the Baltimore Ravens and the Steelers, you know, they face the Baltimore Ravens next week, uh, that be for first place early on. I mean, it really doesn't mean much. It's so early on into the season right now, but for the psyche and for the confidence of, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the team, I think it would be it would be amazing if they went into the bye you know, four and one and still in control of the division. Uh, I think that would help this team as far as getting back their mojo, even though even though Tomlin kind of walked that back this week in his press conference, that that's not what he meant and that he was just answering questions over and over again, even though when he said it and nobody asked him a question. So, as I said, the Steelers are going to be going up against the Houston Texans, who are one and just coming off of a victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars, and so their spirits are high. Having young quarterback and C.J. Stroud, who, you know, the Houston Texans think is going to be their future, their franchise, their their quarterback for the foreseeable future. In the last few games, he's he's played well. He's had multiple touchdowns. He's had you know a game over three hundred yards passing. He's surpassed what I was expecting to see out of him as well. And so, and in this game, the Steelers are two and a half favorites. It's the first time this season that the Steelers are favorite in the game. I'm gonna be at this game, so I hope it ends up going well. Uh, if you guys are gonna be out in Houston, hit me up on Twitter, State of Steelers, and let me know that you'll be out there. Uh, I'll be out at the uh, uh, at the stadium there, NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. In Houston, Texas. I hope it's not too hot. It's been a little bit warm out here for the last you know couple of months, <laughs> almost all year. It, it hasn't cooled down yet. Uh, we've still had days in the 90s. For those that don't know, I am located out in Texas, but we're supposed to get some cooler days ahead. It's just, I think they're coming after this week. Uh, I would expect Houston to open up their their stadium since it does have a retractable roof. And I would expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to be wearing black. You know, every time that the Steelers have gone to uh, Houston and played Houston in September, early on in the season, they forced the Steelers to wear black when it's been later on in the season, when, you know, November. December area, the Steelers will wear white or at night. It's home field advantage for the Houston Texans. I wouldn't doubt that they use that to their full advantage. But a big component of what's going to happen in this upcoming game is going to be the availability of players. Specifically, both sides have some players that are are injured. We'll go through the depth chart or through the uh, injury report uh, as of the time of this recording. You have a lot of players, especially on the offensive line, either out or not expected to play. Josh Jones, offensive tackles, not expected to play with a hand injury. Laramie Tunsil is not expected to play with a knee. George Fant, he uh, he ended up coming back. Um, he was a full participant. Michael Delter, the, the center, but I think he's like a center guard, so he's like a backup. He's ended up being pushed into the uh, the front there. Uh, he's he was limited per, uh, participant in practice this week with a chest. You know, for the Steelers, it's a little bit also concerning when you, when you see who was on here. Presley Harvin hasn't participated with a hamstring, you know, up to this point, you know, at the time of this recording again, he had a great game last week. It's just unfortunate. I wonder when this happened. Uh, I don't think it happened in um, in practice. It must have happened, you know, at the end of the game or something, because, you know, he wasn't a limited participant. I think uh, Dave Schofield brought that up or brought that up in question about somebody else where somebody was practicing and then they got hurt and they uh, missed a certain portion of practice that they would show up as limited. He, He never showed up as limited. So I don't know. I don't know when he sustained this injury, but the Steelers have signed Brad Wing. Who's a left-footed punter? The Steelers brought him back, I believe it was last week or the week before, uh, just to punt because the Steelers were going up against a footed punter to get the receiving core or the uh, returners acclimated to a ball that is uh, possibly spinning the opposite direction. It's, it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal, especially when you saw what Presley Harvin was able to do to the uh, Vegas Raiders last week, where he was able to pin them deep and, you know, really flip the field. It really did help out the defense. It helped out this offense as well. You know, they were stumbling a little bit in the beginning and, and at the end. But it did seem like at point, at certain points that they were starting to come together. They were starting to make some plays, right? We had the splash play with Calvin Austin over the top. And, you know, later on we had, you know, the, um, the touchdown pass to Pat Fryer And those were the uh, the plays that kind of started everything and the play that ended everything. You know, after the uh, touchdown to Pat Firemuth. I don't, I don't remember if the Steelers scored a field goal before that or after, but I think that was the last score. And, you know, in the fourth quarter, the Steelers just didn't do anything, but, you know, they were trying to protect the lead. I feel that they probably should keep their foot on the gas. This isn't a team that um, has a running game at this point that is going to overpower, you know, the opposition for whatever reason. I think it has more to do with the line than it has to do with, you know, the individual running backs. But I do think that there is some fault there when it comes to the running back position. When it comes to the offensive line, it's been a major disappointment. You know, going into this season, I felt like the offensive line was going to be, you know, maybe perhaps one of the strengths for this team. And it just, it hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out. Personally, Harvin, we'll continue this. Personally, Harvin, he is going to be, uh, he's not participated. There's a good chance that, you know, it's a hamstring. It's He's a kicker. There, there's a good chance he may not be in this game. Uh, Allen Robinson, wide receiver, had an ankle he came back and was a limited participant. I expect him to play. Uh, Patrick Peterson was on the injury board as uh, not injury related. Didn't practice earlier this week. It's just basically, in my opinion, just stay for a vet. Uh, Miles Killebrew had a knee. He was he came back to full participant. Isaac Seomalu also got a vet day. Jukes for has been dealing with an elbow. He went to full participant, but just you know, keep an eye on that. Here's the big one, the the really big injury for the Pittsburgh Steelers that's come up this week, and that's James Daniels. Uh, he's had a growing, and up to this point, he hasn't practiced this week. So if he's out, you know, the thought is that Nate Herbig is going to be going in, brother of Nick Herbig, who's obviously on the defensive side and outside linebacker, uh, you know, behind TJ Watt. Uh, his brother is a big dude in the middle. I'm excited to see what he may have. You know, one of the biggest disappointments in this lineup to this point is the lack of push. You know, the, the defense is just pushing the offensive line back over and over again. And I think that if, you know, the Steelers can get some more push and Najee Harris isn't getting contacted over a yard in the backfield, I think that's going to open some things up. Not to mention also, we can't uh, alleviate you know, blame everywhere. Right. When, when, when the Steelers are playing this bad, it's not just on the running back. It's not just on the line. It's also on the scheme. You know, when I was breaking film on this game and and looking at the, uh, the you know, the scheme of the game and the way this game was, you know, called, you know, I thought that, yeah, they had some interesting concepts and concepts that worked in the passing game, but I felt that the Steelers are just way too predictable, you know, in, 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 state sort of worked out for the Steelers, you know, whenever they came out under center, That was automatically either a run or I think like on four occasions, maybe five. Under center, I think it was like three occasions, it was a play-action pass, maybe four. The other play-action pass plays that Kenny Pickett had were out of the shotgun. So when I noticed during those play-action pass, because the Steelers were running so much run out of under center, and didn't have a natural drop-back pass under center. The defense for the Vegas Raiders were keying in on the running backs in those situations. Anytime Kenny came under center, he saw the safety, you know, as the ball was snapped. Now, I'm not sure if that was his job every time, right? But you see the um, all 22 and you're watching the play action pass plays, you know, the safety's coming up. And then all of a sudden it's a play action pass and you're seeing the safety trying to run back. Well, that leads me to believe that he's breaking his assignment to assist in the running game and that they're able to do so because of how predictable this offense is. And I get that aspect. This team needs to figure out how to do things in different form or do the same things out of different formations. I don't know if that's a coaching thing or if that's a player, you know, not grasping concept thing. not sure yet, but that needs to be fixed. I saw a lot of plays that were similar ran or a lot of passing concepts from the receivers. You know, the same concept ran in a different number of ways, especially when they did like trip and um, or had three receivers to one side. They didn't necessarily have to be aligned in, in close proximity to each other, but they would do this deal where they would just kind of go in a different order and cross each other and loop around and against man. It was working very well. You know, again, zone, not so much. But unfortunately you know, for the Steelers, the Raiders played a lot of cover, two with man underneath. And I think that helped out the this team, you know, start to get its confidence back. Because I think that, you know, it's not necessarily the man coverage that is, you know, hindering this offense. If anything, it, it might be a, a little bit of the zone needs needs some work on, you know, going up against zone coverage. But what I'm basically trying to say, though, at the end of the day is the offensive line also just hasn't been up to par. But you can't blame everything on the offensive line. The coordinator, you know, he's he's come. Up and not just by Steeler fans, there's, you know, ex quarterback um, that have their own YouTube shows, you know, question Canada's offense and, and concepts and things. You've had, you know, football analysis do the same, you know, and you haven't seen any improvement. I personally have tried to give Canada the benefit of the doubt, you know, I was thinking to myself, well, he had Todd Haley for for a few years and he ended up taking this team to the top when it came to offenses right you know when you had the killer bees ben bell brown uh even martavius bryant you know you had that type of dynamic office it started to to really click under Haley. with his first two years he was uh the steelers went eight and eight and missed the playoffs you know under under Matt canada they at least were above eight and eight and in contention for the playoffs i think his first time around in roethlisberger he actually made the playoffs yeah you know, I, I felt like you know let's give him the benefit of the doubt but just watching the tape and seeing the predictability aspect of it it is a question you know when i was out in, uh, in pittsburgh for the cleveland browns game in stadium behind you know my seats are in the end zone or behind the end zone i was able to see the plays develop and and, and things like that and i could tell sometimes just by the player personnel that was coming in if it was going to be a run play or a uh or a pass play if darnell washington was on the was on the field. There was a big indication that that was probably going to go for a run. And, you know, if they line up under center, it's even a bigger indication. So, yeah, this thing needs to change. NFL defenses are going to figure out what you're doing, not just figure it out, but they're going to uh, plan for it. And if you don't change and adapt and and get better, man, it's just going to be a long year. So we'll see. I know there's been a lot of rumors going back and forth as he promoted, which a lot of people turn that down. Is he getting demoted? Nobody's turned that one down. We'll see. We'll see how this team does this weekend, and um, we'll see how the team does offensively. But as far as injury goes, going all the way back, James Daniel, he's got it growing. I want to see her begin. I want to know. I want to see if the offense can get pushed. The interior offensive line, like I said, has been a disappointment. Whether it's Mason Cole, James Daniels, or Amala. all three of them have had their, their issues more so. Probably Mason Cole with the issues. The biggest disappointment is probably Isaac Samuel, because he was supposed to be the anchor. He was supposed to be the guy, you know, um, steering the ship, you know, so to speak, when it came to the offensive line, he was the smartest guard that Kelsey, the uh, Philadelphia center had ever played with. And, you know, he was aggressive. He was blocking people. Well, nine yards. He he was part of that Super Bowl run team or that team that ran for a Super Bowl uh, Philadelphia. And it's just not at this point, it hasn't happened. Could it be a chemistry thing and a you know, cohesiveness thing and just kind of learning each other? This is a good possibility. But right now, I kind of want to see what what Nate Herbig can do in the, in the middle there. I'll be honest, I'd rather see him at center. I've been very disappointed with uh, Mason Cole's play. When it comes to the interior line, uh, the least favorable one for me. You know, obviously, on the outside, you have Dan Moore and two score four. Broderick Jones needs to play. I think this is enough. Roderick Jones needs to come in. You know, I think he would be an upgrade on either side. Put him on the left side. He's an upgrade over Dan Moore. On the right side, he's an upgrade over... over at Cheek's core for my opinion, but he needs to come in the game. He was a 14th overall selection in the first round a a player that you switched, you know, you, you traded for to go. Now I get the gauntlet that he, you know, the defense, the defenses, the Steelers had to go up against, So the edge rushers of Steelers had to go up in the first three games. Yeah, I understand that, but he needs to learn, you know, we can, you can't hold his hand for, for this long. At a certain point, you got to see what the kid can do. And if, if his play is at least equal to what we're seeing now, I'd rather have him, out there gaining experience and getting better versus staying stagnant with the guy there just he's got more games under his belt but still kind of consistent and not doing the great the greatest of work, right? And that goes for both. I'm not. This offensive line has just been a huge disappointment this year. But I think that you know, going up against you know a team like the Houston Texans, they have a lot of young players up front. But I think that the Steelers might might be okay when it comes to that. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about you know the stats. We're going to talk about what the offense needs to do. We're going to talk about key key things that the key, the defense needs to do. We're going to take a quick break though. You can have a word from our sponsors. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, check it out. You made it back to the other side. Welcome back to State of the Steelers Steel Curtain Network. We're talking about Pittsburgh Steelers and their upcoming matchup against the Houston Texans. Like we just finished talking about the uh, Steelers offense and their offensive line. The Texans offensive line is probably in a lot worse shape. We're going to see our friend Kendrick Green come back. We're going to go visit Kendrick Green. And I'm excited to see what our defensive line will do up against them. You know, there was some reports in training camp that he was holding his own, Kendrick Green that is, against Keanu Benton. I want to see if that's still the case. Count Ben was a, you know, he still is a rookie, but he has some more experience under his belt. Let's see if that ends up working out the same. Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt is going to be a game for them. It it definitely is. And we'll get into, uh, you know, what their stats will be and things like that. But before we get back into the meats and potatoes station, I want to remind you guys, if you guys aren't checking out stillcurrentnetwork.com, you're missing out. That's your number one stop shop stop for nonstop shop for football, uh, news analysis and coverage, multiple articles a day, breaking news. You want, if you want to stay up to minute on, on your Pittsburgh Steelers, you need to check out still ne- uh, in network.com. And while you're at it, go check out the audio podcasts that we have out there. It's not just this one, but you also have, you know, bad language, with Brian, Anthony Davis, you have Hartman and the let's ride. And you know, you got Dave Schofield, with Stadgy and so much more. And, and don't forget, we also have YouTube where you'll see me and Shannon Y on Monday afternoons at 5 p.m. Eastern on The Hangover on YouTube. And if, if YouTube ain't your thing and you want to just listen to the audio, it comes out later that night. But with all that out of the way, let's get back into this. So the Steelers defense, I think, I think this is going to be a great game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt are just going to feast. You know, they're going up against second and third string tackles. Guys that... I think are tackles to begin with. I think one of them was a right guard that was moved over to a tackle. I don't know. This sets up for a game for the Pittsburgh Steelers to go in there and just dominate. The only concern that I have is, you know, sometimes the Pittsburgh Steelers played down to their, you know, competition. And hopefully that's not the case this time. You know, I think that they're going to go in there knowing that they, they have to play hard against everybody. You know, I think that when the Steelers were playing down to teams, they were a team that was, you know, up there ranked high top 10 team in the league, top eight team in the league, top, four team in the in the conference and that's not the case this year you know there's no team in my opinion you know that the Steelers can't beat you know I think they have the talent and the ability but I also think that there's no team uh, that the Steelers can't lose to either you know especially right now they're very young they're, the season is really young I know there's a lot of growing pains going on offensively and defensively but they are coming together and I'm seeing an improvement if we look at offense right just off the bat First first game, they had one drive that was good. That was a two minute drive at the end of the half, right? The rest of the game, I mean, they got a little bit better in the second half, but they, for the most part, it stank, right? Second game against the uh, Cleveland Browns, they played probably maybe a little bit more than a quarter, a little bit less than two quarters of good solid football. They still started off way too slow in the fourth quarter. They had negative yards. Fortunately, the you know, TJ Watt came through with a, uh, or TJ and Alex came through with a strip sack and return for a scoop and return for a touchdown. Yes, last game against the Vegas Raiders, it felt like, you know, the Steelers at the end of the first quarter, that's when they hit, you know, Calvin Austin on the deep pass, right? After that, they have scoring drives in the second and third quarter of the game. In the fourth quarter, they kind of reverted back to themselves, kind of being inept. Now, I think that was more on them attempting to run the ball and run out the clock, but, but this running scheme is... Thing. And, you know, I'm questioning what's different. I mean, we have Matt Canada still. He was running the offense last year. Pat Meyer was the offensive line coach. He's still here. I don't know why it's so bad. Unless it's just the predictability. And when they're, you know, under center, you're just seeing teams crash in regardless of what's going on behind them and willing to give up the big play because up until this game, it didn't seem like the Steelers were willing to counter, you know, counter the, uh, the blitz that kept coming in or counter the nine people in the box by trying to play action pass and throw it over. Well, they did that last week. So now defenses know that the Steelers can do it. I think they're going to have to continue to do it before the Steelers are respected in it. And defensive teams will be playing honest against the Steelers rushing game because if they can back up a little bit and have to, respect the possibility of a pass that's going to help Najee that's going to help Jalen Warren and they're going to get significant in that situation but right now I mean as the ball's getting snapped, you're seeing safeties linebackers cornerbacks all crashing in running straight to the running back and it's 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 unfortunate and I think when we look at, for instance, Jalen Warren and we look at Najee and we're saying, hey, Jalen Warren looks like he's running better. Yeah. Yeah. He does. But he's also, the opposition isn't crashing in on him because he shows a threat to catch the ball out of the backfield. And not in every formation or a majority of the formations that Jalen Warren is in is under center. It's majority of the time in the shotgun. So he's got a couple of advantages there. You know, if Najee can prove that he can, you know, ha- have an ability in the passing game, then I think that could. Also open up some runs for him. And I'm not saying that I don't think he has a hands for it. I'm just not sure if he has the legs for it. You know, the speed to create separation against a linebacker or safety. You know what I'm saying? Or an edge guy. You know, those are the things that you expect. You know, if Le'Veon Bell was going up against a middle linebacker or an edge or or even a safety was covering him, you knew that that was a favorable matchup for Le'Veon Bell. Now Najee Harris came out and said it himself that he can do everything that Le'Veon did but better. I haven't seen it yet. Now there's rumors that have been circulating that the Steelers might be looking at John Taylor, who is the disgruntled running back for the Indianapolis Colts and who are, you know, The Colts are shopping him. You know, I wonder what the Steelers would have to give up for a guy like that. You know, I heard they were asking for like the Christian McCaffrey type of package. I'm not sure they didn't get it this late into the season. But then again, the 49ers got Christian McCaffrey late in there as well. Well, I think later than this. I don't think the Steelers are willing to give up that much for it. But would they be willing to trade maybe notch and, and maybe a fifth or a third round pick? You know, he's. Jonathan Taylor's disgruntled. He's not gonna go back and play at least until the very least, you know, week nine or so after, you know, at the very end when he can come back and play and and get an accredited season and get some money in his pocket, I think that's when we'll probably see him. He gets dealt with and or dealt to somewhere else, and and that team goes and picks up or, you know, adjusts the contract themselves. Now, when it comes to the statistics, the Houston Texans aren't a slouch in the passing game. Now, I know they got a rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, but the guy hasn't been bad. You know, let's look at his, his passing up. You know, out of three games right now, he's 78 out of 121 attempts, 906 yards. What was it? Four touchdowns to to zero interceptions up to this point. You know, he's taking care of the football. He's thrown touchdowns. He's thrown up, you know, yards. He's got a 98 rating. Uh, He's averaging 302 yards a game, 64.5% completion rate. That's no slouch. And he's doing that with a the weak offensive line a non-existent running game as well I think they have less you know Houston Texans have less running uh, yards than the Pittsburgh Steelers do and so when you compare his ability to second year Kenny Pickett you know Kenny Pickett is 59 percent completion he only has 689 yards he's about 300 short almost Uh, four touchdowns to three interceptions rating uh 80.2 it's it's not bad I mean his rating is better than it was last year by a little uh, and it's just not very good either to this point i think you can say that there's there's a chance that cj stroud is outperforming you know can you pick it whether that's because they have a better offensive coordinator i don't think they have a better offensive line that that's for sure or, or it's got to be either the coordinator or the quarterback at that point so i'll let you guys decide which one it is but uh, you know this ain't going to be an easy game for the pittsburgh steelers i think the steelers are still going to win you know i i, I and get some interceptions on, on C.J. R- uh, CJ Stroud, I think they're going to sag him a few times as well. They're going to get under his skin. They're going to get him nervous. I-, I see the Steelers winning this game. I see them winning probably by 10. I'm going to go with 24 to 14 on this game. You know, as long as the Pittsburgh Steelers don't shoot themselves in the foot on this game, I think they'll be all right. You know, keys to victory for this game is the Steelers are just going to have to run the ball and m- get some sort of identity in the running games, some sort of control. Right. Um, I wanted to say that they need to get in some manageable third downs, be successful in those weighty downs, in those third down plays. You know, those things need to happen for Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game offensively, defensively. Uh, they're not going to they're going to have to get to get to Stroud. Don't let him, you know, uh, beat this team with his with his arm. He also has some legs he can move around. And look at he, he can get mobile, you know, so keep him under control. I'm not too worried about their rushing game as long as the Steelers do what they do. So they just need to play their game and get better. This defense is also getting better week to week as well. And that has a lot to do with, in my opinion, chemistry and um, camaraderie that is being built amongst the defense. When you've had a complete overhaul of the middle linebacker group and so many new pieces in the secondary there's going to be some growing pains. I, I think that this team is going through those. I think by probably the back from the bye, I want to say when the Steelers get back from the bye, it's probably when we're going to get a, a pretty clear idea of what this team is going to be throughout this year. And if they can continue to stack up wins while they're still trying to get right, you know, that's only going to be in the best interest of the, of the Pittsburgh Steelers once they figure it out and, and do get right. I mean, if we look at last season, as an example, the Pittsburgh Steelers started off very poor, two and six, they ended up, you know, fish, finishing out the uh, uh, the year 7-2. and two. You know, had Steelers won a few more of those games that they could have won early on that season, let's just say maybe even if they had started Kenny Pickett the entire year and allowed him to, you know, break in some weaker opponents versus coming in against <laughs> Buffalo, the Eagles, and then the gauntlet that they had last year. I think that would have been better for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe they win that Miami game where Pickett threw two interceptions or... Maybe perhaps the, you know, Pickett wills them to a victory over the Patriots last season. And just one of those ends up being, you know, the Steelers are in the playoffs. You know, if the Steelers can get to, you know, that kind of or surpass that level of play in this season. I think that there's a good opportunity that the Steelers can still make a run for a playoff spot and, and maybe make some noise when they get there. But it's one game at a time. Um, the Houston Texans are next. The Steelers are playing them at what we call noon local time in Texas, 1 p.m. Eastern in Pennsylvania. Get your popcorn ready. I think T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith are going to have themselves a game. I think the defense is also coming back with a couple of turnovers, too. That's all I got for you guys today. Uh, Thank everybody for listening in and tuning in. Until Monday, you hear me on The Hangover with Shannon White. See you then. Peace out.